welcome to this VIT podcast. This is one of a series of eight podcasts where I talk to teachers who are currently completing or have recently completed their inquiry process in order to obtain full registration. My name is Damien Cowell. In this podcast, I talk to Julie Glass, who teaches Year 1 and 2 at Mount Ridley P12 College. So I'm in my second year of teaching. I completed my VIT project last year. I was also teaching 1-2s last year as well. Um, So this is basically my consolidating year from last year. Um, Basically, I started, again, similar with everyone else in the school. We, We have Thursday morning PD, all the graduate teachers. So we go in where we go through and it talks about your VIT process and also things that you're not really taught about at uni about being a teacher in general really you know the way your school works the sort of language the school uses all that sort of thing um so i started thinking about my vit we were told very early don't think about it till term two just settle in get to know your kids get to know the routine so that was actually the best piece of advice that i could have been given because i'm the sort of person that would start thinking about it from day one so i didn't think about it until term two then we started having vit meetings Um, in the Thursday mornings instead of focusing on the induction sort of thing. And I started planning my inquiry probably midway through the term two. I originally was going to choose a completely different focus than what I ended up with, which was really interesting. So originally I was going to start, we have teaching and learning teams at the school and I was going to focus on what we were doing for term one, which was writing. But then as I started implementing it, I realised that there was a bunch of my kids in the classroom that were just struggling and reluctant when it came to reading. And I felt I didn't have those skills to support them. So I thought for me to learn and get the most out of my VIT and to get the most for my kids was to change my focus to reading. So I did that. Uh, So my question was, how do I cater for the needs of my below level learners in reading in my classroom? And my focus was on a bunch of kids that were struggling or completely reluctant. So when we, I noticed when they were in the classroom, they'd be doing read to self, we read 20 minutes independently. Uh, They would have their books upside down or they'd be just flicking through the pages, looking around at the walls. So they were the kids that I targeted. Uh, In my group, there was one child with a diagnosed disability. He was operating at kindergarten level. He was in grade one. And I had a student EAL and I just had another student that was just completely reluctant. She didn't want to do anything. She believed that she really wasn't capable of anything, so why bother trying? So they were the kids that I really focused on. Um, So basically, I had an idea in my head of what I wanted to do. The first thing I did was I actually got to know these kids a lot better than what I had originally at the beginning of the year. So I really got to know what made them tick, what they were interested in, and I brought them into my reading lessons. With the child with a diagnosed disability, I I realised very quickly he needed a lot of constant positive reinforcement, but he needed a lot of repetition. So it was basic work, like working on the letters and the sounds of the alphabets, but doing it in different ways. And he was very kinesthetic. So again, it was focusing on getting him moving in my reading lessons to get him to learn the skill that I wanted him to teach it, rather than just going A, 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 which was really boring for him, and he was getting nothing out of it. Uh, the, the struggling students, I did little things like put little ring white 
pointers and stuff on just to make it a little bit more engaging for them. Oh, okay, who can see if we can find the word and and point to it, that sort of thing. And that was enough just to give them the hook that they needed to become engaged in the classroom. And my other student who was the reluctant reader, I did a lot of independent one-on-one activities during my conferencing time with her to try and boost up her self-esteem and to get her interested in reading. So that was the focus of my reading inquiry. Yeah. Yep. And, and um, why is it important to, to uh, find out about the backgrounds of your um, For me, I found that that was the most important information that I needed because once I knew what they were living with at home, then I knew how to best accommodate them in my classroom. So, for example, my reluctant learner, the one who was completely not interested in reading. She was being told at home that she didn't need to learn to read, that it wasn't important. So I had to realise that that was the culture that she was coming from and I adapted my practice to get the best out of her. And it was just getting to know, yes, okay, my student with the disabilities, very visual, very kinesthetic, so let's bring those sort of activities into my reading rotation. So it was just a matter of getting to know what they're like at home. So I got to know the parents really well as well, which in the early years is really important that you have that really strong that strong partnership at home. And that was supporting what I was doing with my VIT project at home as well. So it was good to get them on board. And I really did find a growth from the kids as a result. Well, that's great. Yep. Um, and so were there any snags along the way? Yeah, look, there are a few things that I put in my action plan that I'm like, because we also did teaching and learning teams based on reading after I started my VIT, that I'm like, oh, let's do that. That would work. And they didn't. So it was a lot of trial and error. And it's like, I tried it, yet that didn't actually get the desired outcome. So then I went back and said, okay, what can I do to, and I spoke to other colleagues, what are you doing? I spoke to other graduates who are at different schools as well, and I actually found that was really helpful because they're like, oh, we're doing this, why don't you try that? And I was bringing that into my practice as well, so that was really handy. So there's some tips maybe for teachers who, um, it's, it's, it's a good idea not to be too isolated. Yeah, like it. a network of people that you already know from university that you can step, tap into in your first year of teaching. It shouldn't just be about what your school is doing. It should be about what's best practice for the children that you're teaching. Mm. And it's just bringing in various examples from everywhere, from the internet, you know, Google it if you need to. Google a different way to get a kid interested in doing something but I found speaking to colleagues at other schools was really helpful and we were lucky um, in my office last year all of us were members of the 2-1 team so I had a whole office of er of people that I could bounce ideas off so I had my mentors we team teach in the early years so we deliver the content together and we our two classes completely combined so there's no A and B it's where one united group so it was great having someone that I could learn off all the time but it was also great to speak to other people who I wasn't teaching with as well and um, was it stressful the, the whole process no the the thing that made it stressful for me was the fact that I was thinking that it was stressful <laughs> but once I stopped thinking that it was stressful it's basically what you're doing in your practice every day So it's not a stressful thing because you're doing it every day. You're literally just writing what you're doing and how you're addressing those kids' needs. Mm. So, Um, And can you give us some examples of the sorts of evidence that you... Yeah. Uh, So prior to beginning my inquiry, I looked at the OSVALS levels of my students. I also 
uh, running records, we do sight word recognition, letter ID. So it was all that sort of summative, but it was also my observations of the kids in the general in the classroom. I just sat back, once I chose my learners, I just sat back and just watched them and just made little notes of what they're doing in the classroom throughout the day. Oh, okay, they're doing this. Just so I could kind of figure out what they were like. And then from there, that's what I planned, the sort of activities I was doing based on what I, I had my summative and I had my formative assessment. Great. Yeah. And the panel, um, how did that go? It was great. It was, mine was delayed. So originally I was meant to sit at the end of term three, but then my mentor got really sick and she was off work for three weeks. So mine was delayed into term four. So I was like, I'm so stressed, I'm so stressed. And then I just thought, I've done it. I know my kids, I know what happened. There's nothing to be really worried about. And it was actually really, really nice to sit down and say, this is what I did. This is where my kids are at. This is what I learned. So for me, it was just another way to reflect on the whole thing. And it wasn't stressful at all. And the, the people on your panel, I guess it's, um, uh, they're all people that you work with? Um, it was basis? my mentor, but the assistant principal was actually the middle years assistant principal. So it's not the early years assistant principal. So I didn't really know her that well, but I had seen her through our VIT meeting. She'd come in, she was the one who was running all the inductions. So I knew who she was, but I hadn't actually worked with her. Yeah. 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 Okay, so the, the big question, um, uh, you know, what, what did you learn? What sort of things um, could you, you know, what sort of tips could you give to any teachers listening? Um, and, you know, how has it, has it changed you as a, a, a teacher? Um, what I learned is it's really important to ask the questions. If you're stuck, ask for advice and respond to the feedback that you get with your practice. I think the best part of the VIT was the fact that you have people observe you and you could use that to then change your practice and adapt from it. So I thought that that was really handy. Um, Also, in terms of writing it up, I think the best thing to do is to pick your learners before you pick your question. For me, I thought that worked really well because I picked my learners and then it's like, okay, what am I going to focus on them? I noticed that these were the kids that whenever we had a reading session, they were the ones that were, had the book upside down and they were the ones who were not really focused. So it was like I chose them first and then I chose my question around what they needed. And I thought that was a really handy tool to do. And you've done it, you've succeeded. Yep. Um, tick that box. Um, but is there any more to it than that? Is there any more benefit, do you feel, having done this process? Um, for me, I, what I learned most from doing the process and what I continue to learn from is how important it is to have those relationships with the kids, but also with the parents, especially in the early years. Um, that's what I got most out of my VIT, was to develop those relationships and also to, to cater your curriculum to the individual needs. So if you need to change it, change it. It's, you're there for their benefit. You're not there to say, okay, yes, I need to dot this T. No, you're actually there for their benefit. So that's what I got out of it. And that's what I continue to use in my practice. Thanks to Julie and to Mount Ridley P12 College. And I hope you found some valuable insights to help you with your inquiry process.